The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to The Shepherded Work, a weekly program to help you learn how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. Host Mark Goldstein introduces you to individuals who are successfully and effectively engaging in marketplace ministry and gives you the tools you need to do the same. The Shepherded Work is sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. Now, here's your host, Mark Goldstein. Welcome to The Shepherd at Work. This is Mark Goldstein in the studio with Mike Gillen today and our very special guest, Pastor Andy Searles, and this is going to be kind of a unique show in that uh, Andy was on uh, on Thursday with Mike, and they talked about the Transformational Leadership Conference they were at earlier this week. Well, the reality is there was so much to talk about, they really couldn't get to a lot of the other stuff they wanted to talk about. So he said, let's continue the show today. So with that, I'm going to turn the table to Mike. Oh my and goodness. Mike let you lead out in this discussion and I may just take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot. Can you mute his mic if he starts snoring? That's Can we right. do that? I'll mute his mic. Yeah, no, honestly, we'll never cover everything that we covered in two days, even on this program. But we did have a good time and that would have been on Thursdays afternoons with Mike if you'd like to go and listen to that one, just go to the website, theshepherdradio.com, or you can also just go to your favorite podcast uh, source like Spotify or iTunes and type in uh, Afternoons with Mike, and that episode will pop up right on the top. Andy Searles, it's great to have Andy back on here, and I'm kind of just helping Mark now as we talk about this. <laughs> helping but, him stay awake. Yeah, yeah helping him stay awake. That's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, this conference that we talked about, man, it was really great. And it was uniquely uh, cool to see so many people from the community gather together. It was. And I appreciate the leaders, many of you have been guests on your show and known to our listeners who said, what would it be like if we could put 70 influential leaders in a room and give them a common language and give them a common purpose and watch what God will do. One of the things I think is really important to note for our show right now is that many of the leaders in the room, although they were men of great faith, they were marketplace leaders mm -hmm. as well who are leading with Christ-like character right. and integrity in the workplace. And so around the table, you had folks from the church sector, from the business sector, the governmental sector, from healthcare, from entertainment. You were saying, Mike, that uh, many of the, the local Christian broadcasters were represented there. That's right. It was a very intentionally put together significant group. What it sounds to me is a lot of the seven mountains of influence were really addressed at this meeting. Well, that's the, I think that's a, the explicit purpose to bring those uh, together. To, a to deal. Absolutely. And they were there. And let me just clarify, it was full of significant people and Mike and I. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm wondering, what am I doing here? That's right. It was really an exciting time. Uh, also in that group would be the nonprofit sector that are, uh, so we had several place, uh, ministries like Choices Women's Clinic and uh, our good friend Nina Yan from the Sharing Center was there. Christian Help with Vicki Martin. That's right, Vicki mm -hmm. was there. 
And you're, I, you're, I was amazed at how many of these people have been on my program. And it was so exciting. It was like a big reunion. Maybe that's of, where they got the invite list, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's all because of people like Mark, who, when I moved back, introduced me to all of these wonderful people. So that's really great. But uh, I know that we talked about uh, some of the interactions that uh, we had as leaders. The, the purpose for the meeting was to make a difference, not just in each individual sphere that was kind of represented there, but to make a difference in the community, right? Absolutely. And I love that we were each putting aside our own thing, our own project, and asking the question, what can we do for the greater good? What can we do to become transformed leaders who look and live like Jesus in Orlando and in Central Florida. Um, and that was tremendously exciting. And one of the things I loved about what happened was that our speaker helped us to translate Christian principles into marketplace languages. That's well said. And so from Scripture, yet without quoting Scripture, he demonstrated to us in thousands of ways how these Christian principles make a difference. And I think one of them that struck me, um, partly because I need to practice it better and more frequently in my life, was how we apologize well. Yeah. No matter what your industry or your business, um, there is going to be a need to apologize well because apology cleans up forgiveness of which mm -hmm. there is a great need. Mike, Mike, you shared that that was a principle that you learned a lot from. Yeah, it's something that I was privileged years ago by some people that came into our church and helped us to begin to put some of these things way back in the late 80s into practice. What I felt like what he did was to do exactly what you said. It was breaking down something that is often thought of just relationally, like in a real relationship among friends that we should be doing with our spouses, for example, we, or our children. We should always be doing that. He, he kind of laid out the context as you said, into the marketplace and how that in any level of relationship, there at times needs to be an apology. Give us an example of what that would look like. I can give you an example of what it doesn't look like. Okay. <laughs> so when I was first married, and, you know, I think marriage is, is kind of the school of forgiveness in many ways, right? My rookie husband mistake, and uh, I still consider myself a rookie husband 23 years in, was to apologize by saying, I'm sorry if you felt that way. <laughs> oh, right? I'm sorry if you feel like I did something wrong. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. And, and here's me thinking, man, what, what a great leader I am, right? Yeah. Modeling forgiveness. But the response suggested I'd done something wrong or my apology wasn't enough, which, of course, it wasn't. And if we've been apologized to in that way, we know how much it stings and it hurts yes. because it completely misses our pain. It's completely void of any ownership. So at the training, one of the things we learn is what is a thorough 
and complete apology. And he talks about having six steps in apology, right? Right. It's not just, man, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, And so he says, first of all, step one is to state the offense, to say, I did it. Right mm-hmm. to own up, to confess it, to lead with that step, and, and that before we go off of that, I think it's important for us to realize that's easier said than done. Mm. A lot of people have a hard time owning the fact that they e- even could have done something wrong. Right. You know, I've it, heard the same thing from my wife about me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you always think you're right. I mean, that's it. I had a lady when I was an operations manager at a radio station in Indiana. I'll never forget it. She left uh, our staff and wrote in her uh, her resignation letter, basically kind of a, a very backhanded stab against me, which was well-deserved. Mike, oh, and Mike, she paused and was like the little ellipse, dot, dot, dot. He's always right. Mm. Now, I, we all know I was not always right, but I had given her the kind of like the image or wanted her through whatever leadership I had done or not done. I'd given her the impression that I saw myself as always being right. So step one is we fess up. And fess say, up. I did it. But saying I did it what did on you its do? own yeah. is, is not enough. Not right? enough. I did it and it was wrong. Number two, admit you're wrong. It was hurtful. Yeah. I realized that what I did caused you pain. Yeah. yeah. And, and to put a feeling and to empathize with the pain that right. you've caused is a big part of the healing. That is exactly right. And then, Mark, the third step was apologize. Now, this is something that I think everyone thinks of when they give an apology. They think of this one. That is to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So there is something, it is part of it. It's not like just doing that is nothing, but it's, I think what you just said while ago, expressing empathy. Mm. It's going beyond just a word that's spoken out of our mouth. Mm. It's a heart, it's a heart projection of deep feeling and contrition Mm. that I am truly sorry for what I did. Yeah. Can you can I just say I love that we're teaching Mark about forgiveness. I think this can really help him. This Mark. might help him. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I'm being transformed. <laughs> so the first three stages, I did it, I was wrong, I'm sorry. And we're gonna have to hold on in a minute. We've got just about a minute left. So Mark, your thoughts, you're hearing us. We were there. You were because of situations in your in your own personal life. We were we all thought, Mark, about you that day. <laughs> And wish that you could have been there with us, my friend. But uh, I know the things that you're dealing with in your personal life are deep and and uh, difficult. So, man, uh, we just missed you. I want you to know that. And I, and I felt missed too. And I really, I really would have wanted to be there. A lot of people I know were there. Oh, I'm Mark, you knew everybody. <laughs> it was there. like your Rolodex. If people have it. it's like your contact list in the phone. Well, you know, I am so thrilled that we're doing this today. And uh, for those who are just tuning in, maybe you got in late, this is The Shepherd at Work. Uh, But today what we're talking about is a continuation of Mike's show on Thursday with Andy Serrell. So so we'll be back after this break to continue with the other three steps of apology. 
If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. Hey, this is Mike Gilland, Operations Manager at the Shepherd Radio Network, with a special invitation for you to join me daily, Monday through Friday, for my show, Afternoons with Mike. Our show is aired at 3.05 p.m. and replayed twice, first the same night at 9.05 p.m., then the next morning at 10.05 a.m. It's my privilege to have a wide variety of guests on my show, ranging from senators to pastors, celebrities to singers and businessmen and women. The common thread to each episode is our goal to look at life through the lens of a biblical worldview. You can listen on air to any of the three Shepherd stations in Florida. Plus, you can listen online at our homepage, theshepherdradio.com. Listen on demand to our podcast, available on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. All you have to do is use the search phrase, Afternoons with Mike. Ladies, do you want the men in your lives to be better husbands, fathers, and providers? Men, do you want all that and more? Christ-Led Communities has the answer. With men's Bible studies and group experiences, Christ-Led Communities has a curriculum that meets most every man's spiritual needs. Visit clchq.org to learn about your opportunities to grow in Christ in a Christ-Led community. The website again is clchq.org or 407-484-3899. Once again, here's Mark Goldstein. Mark Goldstein, back with Mike Gillen and Andy Serrells. And Mike, I'm going to turn the microphone back to you so you and Andy can continue with the discussion on the six steps to apologize. Now, there's six steps that we were given at this Transformational Leadership uh, two-day conference, and Andy and I were privileged to be there. We've covered the first three, state the offense, admit you were wrong, and apologize. And I think, again, that last one, everybody thinks they apologize sufficiently. Let's put it that way. And yet we know from practicalities that that is not the case. Like Andy gave a, a great illustration, I'm sorry if you feel I, I'm sorry you feel that way is what you said. Mm-hmm. Or, and I added, I'm sorry if you feel I did that what I did was wrong. That's no apology at all. Mark, you wanted to. Well, I, it almost sounds like the first two steps sets up the legitimacy of the third step. Yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. And that's why this six step apology really is a process. And if you cut out one of the steps, then your apology is less than it needs to mm. be to bring the kind of healing and forgiveness that God longs that we have. Now, in my mind, number four is the critical one. And this is the one that, by God's grace, uh, this leader that came in and was discipling me back years ago, mm. I never considered the role that forgiveness plays in apology. Not the way that we learned it back then and the way that our teacher at this conference uh, talked about it here. And that, Andy, you go ahead and give that one. Yeah. So step one, I did it. Step two, I was wrong. Step three, I'm sorry. Step four, 
involves asking permission if the person would forgive you, mm. right? Yeah. And I was a little um, taken aback by this in a positive way. And I had to sit and reflect on this as well. Ask if the person can forgive you. There's something in our pride that wants to say, whew, I've done the hard work of apologizing. You owe me forgiveness now. Yeah. Right? But forgiveness is a gift. Mm-hmm. And we don't ask for gifts. We get given gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for the person to say, I'm not ready to forgive you yet. I'm still hurting. I, I can say the words I forgive you, but my emotions and my, my heart isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. And if the emotions and the heart isn't there yet, wait, right? Yeah. So step four is ask if they can forgive you. Will you, when you can, forgive me? But if now's not the time that you forgive me, I'm going to love and respect you enough to wait. I'm not going to demand forgiveness for my Mm. apology. What I learned and what I was taught way back when on this point, and uh, this, I never heard this in my entire life up until this point, but forgiveness is a supernatural impact. Mm. It is basically God giving the person that was offended as you're coming and asking, will you forgive me? It is God giving them, you, if it's you, Mm. God giving you the ability to release the wrong Mm. that they had done against you Mm. and not have any or not lay any hold or claim to that offense any longer. Because if if someone asks you, will you please forgive me? And you say, I will forgive you. We should be giving up our right Mm. against that person to hold any offense. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. I remember sitting in a Sunday school class a few years ago and someone around the group confessed something and asked for forgiveness. And it was a really holy moment, but it was also kind of an awkward moment. And so to fill the awkwardness, someone just kind of chimed in, oh, of course we forgive you, right? Which actually felt like it belittled Mm -hmm. and didn't give enough reverence and respect to the apology. So I Mm. love this step because it says, I've said sorry, let's take a time out, let's uh, evaluate where we are. The goal is obviously forgiveness, But if we're not there yet, let's just wait so that we can respect the moment and respect this this holy, godly process before we extend that forgiveness. I think it's important that we realize that if we don't take that kind of care and that kind of thoroughness to understand all of that and say, when they say, will you or can you forgive me? What it does is it sets up the person who was originally offended. It sets them up for bitterness. It does. The Bible talks about a bitter root in the book of Hebrews. Mm -hmm. It talks about, see to it Mm -hmm. that no bitter root gets in your heart Mm -hmm. and robs, chokes out the Mm -hmm. grace of God. Yeah. That's That's, what can happen when we hang on. Absolutely. As you you said that, I was thinking about Jesus's illustration of whitewashed tombs, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like we're just painting over the problem rather than dealing with the problem, right? We're washing the the outside of the cup, but the the, the inside where the the, the germs are, we're just 
leaving them. That's right. Well, and scripture says if before you give your offering, if you somebody has an offense against you, leave your offering there, go make right. it right, and That's right. then come back. That's right. And do it. Puts it in priority. Yeah. Yeah. It puts it in proper priority, and that's what we should be doing. And then step number five, this, this again is new to so many people, to ask for accountability. Now, that doesn't necessarily, at, at first glance, would appear to be part of the process or part yeah. of the necessary part of the process. I love this. I think this is so, so important. Often when we think about accountability in the church, we think about a kind of private accountability in a group of maybe brothers that are removed from the everyday ins and outs of our life. But what he's saying on step five of this six-step apology is ask the person you've offended to hold you accountable. Ooh. That's that's tough, right? Yeah. So the speaker shared some of his story, and some of his story was that he had got involved in some inappropriate relationships that he had to confess to his wife. And then he said to his wife, I need you to hold me accountable. If you see me acting in a way, right? right? I need you as the one I've hurt previously to have the strength to speak the difficult truth right. to me. And I love that because that puts accountability into real life mm-hmm. rather than on the fringes of life. And what it what it will do to both of you, it's slightly different, but it brings the same impact to the person that you are repenting to and asking for forgiveness of, it it puts upon them an agreement that going forward, they're still going to be in relationship with you to the point of coming and having